Did you know a 2018 study showed half of prenatal vitamins tested had unacceptable levels of heavy metals? I'm Kat, mother of three and founder of Ritual. When I was four months pregnant, I couldn't find a prenatal I could trust, so I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third-party tested for heavy metals, and recently earned the Purity Award from the Clean Label Project. But don't just take my word for it. Get 25% off at virtual.com slash podcast. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. The sport is just going to die if they don't break the designated hitter to the National League. We got fresh frozen <laughs> strawberry margaritas, and Terry's bringing us chips and salsa all night long. Nick's hips do not lie. <laughs> yeah, I got a MF wagon. Like, <laughs> let's be real. <laughs> the Washington Nationals are the world champions. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Half Street High Heat. You can find them wherever your podcasts are downloaded or sold. With me, as always, is Ray Knight. Uh, Johnny, I think this is going to be a great episode. I do. They're going to talk baseball, Johnny. And the baseball is the reason they talk and what they talk about. I think that's important to talk about baseball. And if you're a baseball podcast, you're going to end up talking lots of baseball. Well, that's awesome. Thank you very much, Johnny and Ray. Bob Carpenter with you here. And now let's start the show. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Half Street High Heat presented by Manscaped. Thank you as always for joining us. We appreciate each and every one of you listening. I am Amanda and I'm joined as always by my calumniatory co-hosts, Nick and Ryan. Please be sure to find all of us on Twitter. We all have our own individual accounts. You can find us there. And to check out the show, you can find us at Half Street High Heat. And don't forget to check out the website, halfstreethighheat.com, which is got lots of great stuff for you to check out and i believe there will be a series preview coming for the cub series pretty soon how you guys doing how's your weekend calumni calumniatory 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 is just not true because neither ryan nor i are columnists we're uh, full-fledged big j journalists so don't undersell us like that you know, it's funny that I'm so happy you're here to do this every time I come up with a crazy word because the one time you weren't with us when we recorded, Ryan was like, um, I feel like I should react somehow to the words yeah, you said because he's not here. Yeah, I listened. <laughs> yeah, so that's a good one. Um, so how are you guys? How's your weekend? Nat's okay, got a serious okay. win. Guess, that's always I, a good weekend. I guess we just aren't going to find out what the word means, but, you know, that's that's cool. I can tell you what it means. It means um, slanderous or defamatory, such as saying that I don't spend enough time trying to come up with new words I haven't used before. I don't think that's slanderous. That's, you know, I coach baseball, and I'm getting the best out of you 
by, you know, keeping the pressure on you. So I don't think that's slanderous. That's just me doing my job as a good coach. So credit to me for making you work harder. I see. We could always spin everything so that it's credit to you. I mean, I mean, every, everything leads back to one way or another to all roads you know. lead to it being because of Nick. That's yeah. what, Ryan, that's I feel like I haven't talked goes. to you for a long, for a long time. I miss you. I know. I know. I miss you. Okay. I miss you so much, baby. It's, it's been too long. Oh, <laughs> you guys are so cute. <laughs> so did we get a chance to watch any uh, Nats baseball? They won a series. That's cool. It's cool. Well, I've just been so busy lately. Like it was cool to get a West Coast series because the games are starting later. So I'm like actually home while the games are going on. It's like, hey, like I can actually watch some baseball for for one. So yeah, I caught more of it. I caught the good game. Didn't cut catch uh, the, <laughs> the, the good game. Yeah, I didn't catch the second game where Joe Ross started. So because I didn't catch it, it didn't happen. That's the way I'm going about it. I like uh, it. And then I caught bits and pieces of the one today. Yeah, the one yeah. today was definitely impressive. Bits and bits and pieces this weekend. Um, a lot of the playoff hockey because the four games today have been absolutely phenomenal. So a lot of the playoff mm-hmm. hockey, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which is why we're obviously recording on a Sunday. For you, those of you listening to this on Tuesday, we're recording on Sunday to avoid the uh, uh, conflict with Caps game tomorrow. But yes, which I will be attending in person. I can't. I don't know if I'm more excited to go to the Caps game. Or if I'm more excited to go eat ramen at the ramen place across the street from the Caps game, it's a toss-up. But I am excited. Cannot wait to get downtown. Yeah. But speaking of my weekend, I had tryouts for my new team that I will be coaching in the fall. So I want to transition into a quick pitch segment uh, of sorts and get your guys' feedback. Okay. So imagine this is your team. You have a pretty well-rounded roster. You have two spots left. So far, your roster, you know, is very well-rounded with pitching, defensively. There's not one glaring need, okay? So you have a couple options to choose from. You can pick two of these five guys. You can take a project shortstop, which is probably, you know, you could always use a backup shortstop. It's obviously, it's something the Nats never have addressed ever in their entire, you know, franchise history. You, you can, can do that? Is yeah. that? You can take a, you know, power bat, but semi-liability defensively, but he is a good bat. You can take uh, kind of a Swiss Army knife um, defensively. can play pretty much anywhere up the middle, so second base, shortstop, center field. You can take a undersized, uh, you know, guy who has a great baseball IQ but isn't going to provide much right away until he grows a little bit. Or you can take kind of what the Nats like to do, um, We'll call him a Gerardo Parra, uh, which that probably eliminates him for Ryan, but <laughs> he, he is a he great work ethic, outworks everyone. Uh, he's been with the program for a while. Not the most athletic, and he isn't going to contribute the most, but he has the best work ethic and, you know, will we'll work hard. So of those five, mm-hmm. where, where are you guys leaning? Always take the best bat. Yep. Always you- go bat. Well, you get two. You get two. All right. Walk me Walk me through those two again. Walk me through those okay, two. Okay. So developmental yeah. shortstop. Okay, with, give me. So developmental uh-huh. shortstop, raw power. Power bat, but liability defensively. Swiss Army knife defensively. So, so similar to like. How's his bat? Uh, pretty. Uh, 
for this age, I would say average. Okay. And then okay. undersized guy who isn't going to contribute right away, but once he grows, he will contribute. And when at, I would say at this age, but they can grow within a week. And then kind of the, you know, morale, the, the heart and soul of the team, but isn't going to contribute really. Uh, not the one who isn't going to contribute. <laughs> um, just cut him right away. I knew that was coming. The raw yeah. power bat. Don't care. Liability that age hit all that matters. Well, that's still only when you get two. Yeah. The first one. My shortstop, the raw power guy. Oh, 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 oh. oh the developmental shortstop. Well, and... Yeah, he's not—he's not much of a power guy, but he—he he does have some potential, at, you know, at shortstop. Okay, so that's a two, Amanda. All right, I'm going. I like the Swiss Army knife. I like the flexibility defensively to mm-hmm, move a guy mm-hmm. around, and um, I think a guy with that kind of flexibility has a lot of upside. And I'm going to also go with. The power bat, who's a defensive liability, because you got to have power in your lineup, as we know as Nats fans. Yeah. You need that in your lineup. So those would be my two. Gotcha, gotcha. I figured I would know Ryan's answer, but I'd, <laughs> any yeah. if I, I knew it was pretty much a done deal when I compared to Gerardo Parra. But just curious. I know. You were really kind of signed his death sentence on that yeah, one. Yeah, I messed up. I messed up. But I, I, I yeah. didn't think of a better I should maybe should have said Howie Kendrick, but still. How a Kendrick at least provided stuff. Yeah, I was going to say, you said this guy wouldn't contribute, and that does not describe how a Kendrick. Yeah, unfortunately. Nice kid, yeah. though. I was hoping they were going to just go ahead and sign him while he was at the stadium with them this weekend. I, I wouldn't mind him back, back in. That's real quick. Well, I mean, it doesn't make sense on the roster. Like, he's not really going to. He wasn't great at third. I guess he could play some second, but Josh Harrison's doing fine. You don't need another rotation guy at first if you had the dh maybe but you already have a problem at first anyway so you don't need to bring howie kendrick back in my opinion even though i do love him yeah i would bring it back anyway just because i love him so much and figure it out later but oh yeah because that's exactly the the mindset you want to. that's exactly the mindset i know yeah i'm just gonna be completely emotional about it be like i love you come back yeah anyway that's a good one though that's an interesting quick pitch um, we'll go to the, the previously planned quick pitch that we actually had on the show doc, which is what do you guys think about the baseballs? So we've seen the juiced baseballs the past couple of years, and we've now, we're now seeing the dead end baseballs, which is better in your opinion and why it's not even the competition. It's the juice baseballs. These baseballs absolutely suck. There should not be four no hitters already. Um, Offense is the worst it's ever been. I don't understand Rob Manfred's obsession with trying to shorten the game. People literally sit down and watch football every single Sunday in the same spot from 1 p.m. to 11 p.m. People don't care about the length of something if they like it. Give us the damn juice baseballs back. I'm tired of these pop-ups to the track. I'm tired of hearing Bob go, and there was a D-flight. Oh, sorry, folks. It's caught at the warning. Loud sound. I am tired of it. Give us back the damn baseballs. These baseballs sucks. You have people in the own executive suite of MLB telling people to watch the hockey game right now over Sunday night baseball. Things are going great for Rob Manfred. These baseballs are a failure. It's boring. Bring us back the good baseballs from 2019. Yeah, I mean, it's if you had said this before the season, maybe there's an argument. But now that we're just a, 
over a month now into the season and we're seeing the, you know, the outcome of the dead and baseballs and just how dominant even more so pitching is, it's really not a competition. So you're in favor of the juiced baseballs as well? Yeah, if it's one or the other, juiced is absolutely the way to go. Yeah, I have to agree with you on this one, although there are reasons I didn't love the juiced baseballs in some ways, but I just making things even easier on the pitchers is not what I want to see right now. The pitching is so dominant right now. We've talked before about how out of whack the the dominance of the pitching is with the hitting, and this has just exacerbated that. So if I had to choose, I would go back to the go back to the juice balls. And it's just funny to me, again, as you mentioned, Ryan, about Manfred, like all you talk about how much you want the game to be more exciting and people to watch it. And then you go do this. It's just so perfectly Manfred. Yep. Very, very Manfred. Very Manfred. Okay. Let's move on to our next segment, which is the best segment of the night. Ryan's week in review. Baseball. Yeah. Um, I wrote baseball in all caps at my note. To start this off, Mets fans began the weekend by absolutely sobbing because TBT, they won straight away Jared Kalinick, and he made his electric debut for the Mariners, the long-anticipated debut. He didn't do much in his first game, but in the second game, he went three for four with a two-run home run that helped the Mariners win. The future, honestly, might be a little bright there somehow with him and Mets fans are going to wish he fails every single step of the way. Shohei Otani's monster season continues, and I have to bring him up again. As a pitcher, his batting average against is sub-200, and his OPS against is sub-500. He has OPS over 900. He also had multiple home runs against the Red Sox this weekend, including a clutch game-winning home run with two strikes and two outs in the bottom of the ninth inning. The guy is an absolute freak. Nicholas Castellanos explains after a game why he fist-bumped a fan. He gave the microphone to a fan, letting him explain why, and he got to take a shot at Rob Manfred. Nicholas Castellanos is quickly becoming a fan favorite. More bad news for the Dodgers, as Corey Seager has a fractured hand, but the good news is for the Dodgers, they can walk down L.A. and go, hey, you want to come play shortstop? And he'll become the rookie of the year. They pump out talent. They'll be fine. Aaron Judge hits four runs, four home runs against the Orioles this weekend. He's now tied for the MLB lead at 12 home runs. The Yankees are 17-8 and eight in the last 25 games, the best record in that span. Speaking of best record, the best division in baseball, again, is the American League East. They have four teams with 22 or more wins. At the top of that is the Red Sox, as they already surpassed their win total of all of last season. They have the best record in baseball. To the NL East, in fifth place are the 16-20 and 20 Nats. They took 2-3 against the D-backs, but more on none. In the second and fourth are the 18 and 22 Marlins. They dropped two or three against the Dodgers and they have a three game set with the Phillies coming up. In third place are the 19 and 21 Braves. They took two or three against the Brewers and almost completed the eight run comeback as they put up seven runs in the seventh, but they came up short. Up next is going to be a very fun series against the Mets. In second are the 21 and 20, 21 and 20 Phillies who had a very odd weekend. They lost two or three against the Blue Jays, but that's not the biggest story. They had some controversy today as Gene Segura made two errors in the field and he did not join the infield for a mound visit. Joe Girardi did not like this very much and he made a comment to Segura in the dugout and Segura lost it. The two had a rather heated exchange where both sides are now refusing to comment on what was said or what happened. But 
if anyone watches the Phillies, Gene Segura is a very fun laughing guy all the time. So something was said that he did not like. So keeping up with the Phillies, question mark. Um, in first place are the 18 and 16 Mets. After winning seven straight, they got swept by the Rays. Jeff McNeil, Michael Conforto left with injuries. By the third inning, they were down to one bench player. Manager Rojas says casualties are piling up and they are, quote, unrecognizable on the field right now. But he says there's nothing wrong with the medical team, even though most of the injuries are very, very similar. Mets top prospect posts a story on his Instagram where it says um, the James McCann era is going to be short. Always something interesting when it comes to the Mets. This has been your weekly review brought to you in part by your local neighborhood Chili's. Join my Chili's rewards today and get yourself a free chips and salsa with every order. That's right. Free chips, free salsa with every single order. But only if you enjoy, join my Chili's rewards. This has been your week in review. A lot to unpack. It, I mean, not that it's any surprise, but it, there's always a, a lot more, uh, you know, to talk about on our Tuesday episode, <laughs> Thursday episode. But I feel yes. like you got, you know, a legitimate week worth of weeks worth of news over the weekend, just with all the, I guess, NLE stuff, keeping up with the Phillies, keeping up with the Mets and, you know, Albert Pujols to the Dodgers, Shohei Otani, you know, all that other stuff. Yeah, yeah I mean. The Pujols thing was crazy, right? Did not see that coming. It's kind of like, it's kind of like when someone sees another person that's like a complete mess and they're like, I can fix them. And they try to date them and completely try to fix them the entire time. They miserably fail, but they'll have one shining moment. That's the Dodgers with Pujols. They're like, you know what? This guy's been absolute garbage. We can fix him. And I, I'm willing to bet that Albert Pujols is going to hit a very clutch pinch hit home run in the playoffs. You can put that in Sharpie. He's going to do that because it's the Dodgers. And for some reason, they just pump out talent regardless of who it is. That's kind of what it is. Um, and homie wants another ring for your retire. So I kind of respect it. Yeah, I respect it. I mean, like... It just makes a lot of sense for multiple reasons. Obviously, the Dodgers just won the World Series last year. Uh, on paper, they're one of, if not the best team in the league still. Uh, and plus, he was just in Anaheim, and you're only, you know, well, depending on L.A. traffic, you're only like <laughs> half an hour to, to an hour up the road to, to play in L.A., so you don't really have to move wherever he, he was living currently. So I know there was some talk about him possibly going back to St. Louis, but, you know, for, for his situation, yeah, sign up with the Dodgers. You're still getting your $30 million either way, so sign for the minimum. Go get, try to get another ring with the best team and, you know, accept whatever role they give you. Yeah, I think that's that's a pretty good way of looking at it. I mean, I, I don't – dislike him going there i think it's finally i think he's obviously ring chasing which there's nothing wrong with that i mean the guy wants to go win another world series i i can't think of a better place to try mm-hmm. all right um what else did you said in there oh the thing about the uh the rookie for the mets i saw that earlier posting that thing on his instagram story absolutely cracked me up there I was is, like, what are the mets going to do this week there's a 99% chance he did not finish reading what the Instagram story said. And that's what makes it even funnier. Cause it like talked about how like it has like good plate discipline or whatsoever. So he probably thought it was just like a good review of him. So he posted it. I know. <laughs> it's just so fantastic. 
I love the Mets. So fabulous. The James McCann era will be short. And I was thinking to myself, he may not be wrong, but that's funny. Yeah, James that's McCann. good stuff. <laughs> Been a little tough, tough going. All right, let's talk Nats. We are into our Nats spat segment. Let's start with Eric Fetty, who had an absolutely dominant outing going seven scoreless for the first time in his career today. Yeah. Thoughts? In, in front of his family, he said 90% of the people he cared about in his life were there. He's from Vegas, so a lot of them were able to make the trip over to, to the stadium, which was really nice. This is the first time his career has gone seven innings. And before the game, Davey said, I want him to make this decision tough because Steven Strasburg is supposed to come back. I think he's going to get one more rehab start before he's activated, but Eric Fetty's in number five right now, and he's the guy who's going to lose when Strauss comes back. He just made it very hard for Davey. And the question that they're all asking right now, especially for the Nats, is do they go to a six-man rotation? Their logic is you can let Max still get his starts on normal days, but with the sixth man in there, it helps preserve Strauss. He gets an extra day of rest. They're going to baby the heck out of him, which they should. As much money as they have in Strauss and as important he is going to be if this team is going to turn it around, you need to protect Strauss. Eric Fetty being that sixth man making a couple spot starts in there gives you know, Strauss an extra day of rest. You can kind of push him a little bit more if you want to, knowing he'll have six days off before his next start. There's a lot of pros and there's a lot of cons here, but what's going to drive this decision, Eric Fetty does not have any more options. They're not going to lose a, I think he's 29, a 29-year-old pitcher with the worst farm season, farm team in baseball, and no depth. They're not going to lose him. They're more than likely going to go to a six-man rotation. That's my guess. I, what are you thinking, Nick? Like, I, I can see the argument for going to a six-annual rotation, but at the same time, I'd rather just go to five and just have someone bite the bullet and move him to the bullpen. I mean, you know I love Joe Ross, but if moving Joe Ross to the bullpen is the best thing for the team, then you got to do it. Yeah, I was just about to say that. Is If they decide not to go to a six-man rotation, is it a lock that it's Betty who winds up in the bullpen? I don't, I don't know. I don't the, only, the only one that I have seen them talk about, and that was just going through Mark Zuckerman's tweets, was Eric Fetty. That's the only one they've been talk to, talking about before the game. Like I said, Dave Martinez said, quote, I want him to make this a hard decision for me. So I think for the Nats, Joe yeah. Ross is a lock. Um Obviously, Lester, Max, Corbin are all locks in the rotation. So I think Eric Fetty's the only one they're contemplating right now. Imagine the make Strasse a closer. <laughs> <laughs> or just do what the Dodgers yeah. did and be like, you know what? You've won the Cy Young. Oh, sorry, he hasn't won Cy Young. I was talking about David Price. Just throw him in the bullpen. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, throw him in the bullpen. I mean, I guess fortunately it's a good problem to have. It seems like a rarity that we have – too many starters too many who were decent. Yeah, too many options. But, yeah, I think prior to today, it was a lock for Fetty for sure, but now it's at least a conversation because it seems like they're going in opposite directions. But both of them have been up and down. Fetty had a couple good starts and a couple bad starts and now had a good start today. Ross had a couple good starts, a bad start, a couple good starts, a bad start. So it's like, you know, 
they both even out to about the same, even though I think Ross has a little bit worse numbers, but he has two really bad starts and everything else has been great. So it's just like kind of pick your poison to an extent. Yeah, I mean, Fenny really impressed today, and he's just been, I mean, just overall, he's hes not a world beater, but he's been better than I think anybody expected going into the year. I Obviously, the plan was for him to be in the bullpen, and then the injury, you know, Lester wasn't able to start the season, and then Strauss went down, so he's just been in a rotation sort of, you know, unexpectedly, and, and he's, I, it's hard because it really feels like he's earned He's earned the right to be in the rotation, but there just isn't enough space in the rotation. So I don't hate the idea of a six-man rotation, especially given that Ross didn't pitch last year, and neither did Strauss, and he's had an injury already this year. But if, as Davey said, he wants to keep Max on a five-day schedule regardless, like how do you have a six-man rotation when one guy's on a five-day schedule? It just doesn't really make any sense. Yeah, I mean, you they, so they, they I, wanted to put Joe Ross on, a, on an innings limit, so I guess it helps in that regard, but... You know, what I was just thinking the more we talk about this, and I kind of talked about it last episode too, trade one of them. Like, Yeah, yeah. that was actually the next thing I was going to bring up is what is what is Fetty's or Ross's trade value at this point? Mm, that's ooh, that's a good question. I, I mean, like it's, Ross not, would it's not like top market. tier. Yeah, Ross would definitely have a better market because he has better year or um, more control. And, and doesn't he still have options? Yeah. So, I mean, he would have a better market. Not that I'm advocating to trade Joe Ross, but, you know. It's an interesting question to contemplate. We, we've been, you know, hungry for options to trade that would net a, a, you know, worthwhile, you know, trade. We need a bat still, even with guys like Kyle Schorber finally figuring it out. We still need a bat if we have that six guy that like we just can't fit into the puzzle right now, trade him. Like, yeah, I, I, don't know. I, I agree. And whether that's Fetty or Ross is, is a question. I, I think, think if another three, four weeks goes by and, and one of them is clearly outshining the other, right. then you know, maybe you think about doing that. Maybe you say, Hey, we need a bat. We need, we need to have something worthwhile to offer. We talked last episode or the one before about how few, options they really have on the farm to make a meaningful trade but a you know a major league ready starting pitcher is it that's a pretty hot commodity ryan i'm gonna I'm pose a question to you okay and it pains me so i can't answer because i'm biased it's just gonna hurt too much do you uh well i know you're gonna say yes but do you think it's a fair trade so let's pretend you're the cubs gm not mm-hmm. the Nats, because I obviously if you're in the Nats, you would take it. But if you're the Cubs GM and you got offered Joe Ross and Tanner Rainey for Chris Bryant, are you taking it? Yeah, because that's a fleece for a yeah. Fleece I would absolutely Cubs. take that. Yeah, the Cubs would be that would be the Nats would have way overpaid for him. Um, Interesting. That's okay. a rental, no, right? It's not, I mean, he's, it's not he's what a, I thought he's, you were gonna say. He's a rent. He, yeah, he's a rental. So the Cubs are like, okay. You took a hundred plus million off our hands. They get two young players. Tanner Rainey's got his issues this year, but I wouldn't trade Ross or Fetty. This team's rotation is old as hell. This is they true. got a lot of money in it. You have two MLB ready arms. You got to keep them. You got to find a way to keep both of them. You can't afford to lose either of them. And I wouldn't trade them unless like the Cubs are like, Hey, we just signed Chris Bryant to a five-year deal. We're going to take half the money. Then you do it. But 
Not as a rental, it's too much. What is what is Lester's deal? Is it a one year deal? Remind me. Yeah, just one year deal. So if you didn't trade either of them and you let Lester go in the offseason, then you you know you no longer have your six your six starting pitcher issue. What's how long does Fetty have left? What is his for some reason I, I associated no options left with impending free agent. I don't know why my brain's resorting to that, but I don't think he's an impending free agent. But he's also 29, so he could be. I don't. Yeah, looked at a. I, now I'm just all I'm going to think about the rest of the episode is like potential trade offers. Because like, what if, <laughs> what if it was like the same thing, but Eugenio Suarez or Jose Ramirez? I I think Jose Ramirez is probably a little bit more costly than Eugenio Suarez, but both of them have control and on team friendly deals. I don't know. It says he's arbitration two, three, and four. For twenty twenty two, twenty three, and twenty four, and then he's an, yeah, and then he's a, yeah, he's a free agent in twenty twenty five. So he's okay. got three years of team control left. That's so Ryan, same offer, but Fetty and Rainey. Still a no. I'm not giving up a young arm. Interesting, interesting. Mm-hmm. It's not what I thought you were gonna say. I thought you were gonna say let's you know go get a bat. Very nah. intrigued. I can't peg you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we all know that's not true. Anyway. <laughs> As I say, not yet. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, this took a dark turn. Yeah, I don't know. It's hard to, it's hard to, with a rental, I, I, I balk at that. That's a pun intended there. Um, at that trade, just because you're giving up a controllable major league ready arm for, a, even though we need a bat desperately, it's just not enough. Like if there were some team control left on Brian or somebody similar, I'd be much more willing to listen on that but yeah it'd be the Nats have not been good at developing major league starting pitchers but Steven Strasburg aside no he's um, the exception to the rule exactly he's the exception that proves the rule he's like the only one yeah so yeah I don't know that's it is interesting though it's interesting to think about if we continue on this who gets to be in the like what if they move Fetty to the bullpen and then Ross struggles are they going to leave Fetty in the bullpen? Are they going to bring him back into the rotation and move Joe Ross? It's just a weird, it's a weird situation they find themselves in with the pitching right now. Yeah. A little bit strange. Okay, speaking of pitching, let's stick with the theme and talk about Daniel Hudson. Daniel Hudson, get your credit. He's off to a very, very start. I mean, very, very great start. Probably the best start of his career. Um, he's pitched 12.1 innings. He has a 1.46 ERA. He struck out 15, giving up only two runs in 12 innings. And his whip is below 0.7. He's been dominant. His velocity is very, very good. There were concerns about him last year. Um, but those concerns to see, you know, right out the window. He had ERA well over six last year. Now, this year, he's been absolute dominant. And it's been very, very, very refreshing. Uh, we've talked about the bullpen at nauseum in years past, but with him and Brad Hand, who had a really good outing today after a rough weekend, you have a very good eight and nine combo that you can throw one of them in the eighth inning, the other one in the ninth, because one's righty, one's lefty. And Daniel Hudson has been absolutely money this year and needs his props. Yeah, amazing how great he is when he doesn't have to be the closer. Because last year he was... Yeah, he uh, hates it so much. Yeah, small sample size, <laughs> but, you know, he it's just, like, I guess, a mental thing. Some guys just can't close. I mean, obviously, you know, Dane Hudson closed when we needed it the most in the 2019 playoffs, but 
You know, doesn't mean he, he liked it. And he, when he came here, he literally said, please don't make me close. And then that's like tough shit. Like you're, you're going to close and you're going to like, you're going to win us the world series, <laughs> like tough shit. Um, but you well, know, said shit on the podcast, Nick twice. Um, but, uh, <laughs> you know, he, he's been great and, you know, just let him keep doing what he's doing. Like name someone else the closer, but just throw Daniel Hudson out there for a couple saves if we need it. And you're not the closer, but you're going to close this game. Yeah, exactly. You're just standing in for the closer. He's tired today. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's been. What is there to say? He's been fantastic. I mean, mm-hmm. he's you know everything you need him to be right now. He hasn't you know, said two runs. He's he's been fantastic. Hand has been a little bit shaky. Um, although he had a great outing today, but, um, are, are we, how are we feeling about hand? He's been kind of hot and cold. I've never changed my opinion on Brad hand. Like after this weekend against the Yankees, who, as you and I talked about Amanda, see him very, very well. They've seen him a lot. Mm-hmm. He probably shouldn't came in the close against him because that team knows him. And, you know, he comes to Arizona and he's back to his old self. There's people who are like, he's a waste of money. Get rid of him. Blah, 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 blah. People are dumb. Okay, he's given up four earned runs. Um, all of them were, I think all but like one of them were given up this weekend. He has a 2-7 ERA and 13 innings. He's been really good. Again, my opinion has not changed on him. His whip is a little high, which is a little bit concerning. Um, but again, that comes from his bad weekend in New York where he was just walking people left and right that will come down but my opinions never change on him and your opinion shouldn't change on him either he's still a pretty solid lights out closer as of right now and he's fine like everyone's overreactions about him relax he's fine yeah i mean everyone's gonna go through their up and downs um you know it, it is what it is and like Ryan said, the Yankees have seen a lot of brand of Brad Hand over the years, so it's not all that surprising that you know they saw him well, you know, over the the, the series. So I'm not too concerned, and I'm just the amount it would take for me to be disappointed with Brad Hand is so far and probably not going to be reached just because of the deal. If we had signed Brad Hand to like a Will Harris type deal where we have him for two more years and he's supposed to be the slight out closer. All right. I'm getting a little worried. You know, my panic meter is probably a little bit higher than what it is now, but with the one year deal, there's no such thing as a bad one year deal. Brad Hand is still going to be valuable. If it's not to the lights out closer extent, it's still going to be fine because it's a one-year deal and he's still going to be effective. He's still, you know, a, a good lefty, you know, if he transitions from a closer to, uh, you know, a matchup role where he's facing a, a strong part of the order where it's lefty heavy, that's fine because he, he can do that. He, he's still going to be a good reliever. So I, I'm not all that worried. Yeah, I um, I do think there was a lot of overreaction. I was more concerned seeing his hat. It was concerning seeing him get hit so hard and walking a lot of guys in in the Yankee series. But I was super irritated and concerned about Martinez's usage of him more than well, more than him himself. Davey can't manage to save his life. Also, I'm, <laughs> it's I'm a different conversation. I'm officially over Davey Martinez. Like it's official. He he can't manage. 
great guy, probably a great players coach from everything I've heard. He cannot manage. It's what year four, and we're still running into the same problems. Dude cannot manage. I'm sorry. Like you know, I'll always appreciate him for for 2019. He managed his ass off in the in the playoff run. But how can you not apply that same success to you know just game in game out like? It's just it's so frustrating that we're running through the same problems over and over again. But yeah, that's that's a different conversation. But I'm officially done with <laughs> Davy Martinez. Officially official. Um, the one note I was gonna say: don't look into anyone getting hit hard by the Yankees because they have over 20 balls hit over 115 miles per hour. No one else has. No other team has more than six. Do not look into that. The Yankees are absolute giants. That's all they do. But keep going. Fair enough. That is a very good point. Okay. Well, speaking of guys who had a bounce back series out in the desert, let's talk about Victor Robles. What a important series for him. Um, We've talked a lot about him, how he just hasn't been good. Um, He's been extremely frustrating. He kind of looked like, well, you know, he's not making those adjustments at the plate. Thank God he could play defense. But this series, he went five for eight with a walk. He had three RBIs and four extra base hits. I think he only had four doubles or two doubles on the season coming into the series. So more than double that. He's now slashing 248, 352, 324. He's right at his career norms. This series got him back to who, where he's been his entire career. And it was really good to see. Now, do the Nats move him up because he's been hot? Or do they go, you know what? This is working because he's hitting ninth. Mm-hmm. We're going to let him sit there. That's going to be the question. Yeah. I think they should move him up, but that's me. I'm not ready for that yet. I, I don't think it's been enough. It's one series. I'd like to see some sustained success before he gets a bump up in the lineup. Uh, I would just leave him there. Like, I understand it would be helpful to have that production higher up in the lineup, but having him in that part of the lineup is what produced that production to begin with. So I would leave him there. And if it, you know, comes to the point where it really forces your hand and you have to, you need to switch things up and need to see if he can sustain that production uh, higher up in the lineup, then do it. But you have to think about it. He's batting eighth or ninth with Trey right behind him. So people don't want to pitch to Trey. So he might be getting more pitches to see. So yeah, the, the same logic applies to if he was to bat lead off and Trey would hit second. But for some reason, batting leadoff just completely changes his approach. So it's like, you know, it, it doesn't really work the same way uh, one and two versus nine and one. So I would leave him there at least for a little bit, even though he's not going to get as many at-bats. Yeah, I am in agreement on that. Okay, speaking of people who are hitting well, um, Castro, who quietly, without a lot of fanfare, has been really, really good, except for this series. I mean, he had a really lousy series in Arizona, but up to that point. Yeah, he like he had like a twelve or thirteen game hit streak that Randomly. no one was talking about, <laughs> and it's because yeah, eleven game hitting streak, and all he does is hit singles. Um, this is not including today's games, but he's hitting two eighty six, three forty, three sixty eight on the year. That is a low seven hundred OPS. It's slightly below his career average. His slugging's below his career average, but if you need a base hit. He's got 16 RBIs, which I'm pretty sure leads to Nats. You need a base hit. John Castro's your man. And this team just needs people to hit the ball any way they yeah. can. Any and sort of hit. We'll take it. Honestly, he's having a really good year. Um, 
his on base is 340. That's well above his career average. That's fantastic to see because his biggest question was, can he can can he get on besides singles? And he is. Very, very pleasant surprise. He's been probably the second best hitter on this team so far, maybe third best hitter on this team so far. Um, and a, a season that's kind of not off to a great start. But he's been the pretty, pretty good bright spot so far. Yeah, I mean, he's been... He's doing Starling Castro things like he's not going to have an insanely high OPS, but he usually hits for a respectable average and gets on base a decent amount. And he's doing that, but slightly above normal Starling Castro. So you'll take it because, you know, effectively you're getting uh, more production than what you paid for or you expected. Right. Like that, that's how you kind of judge a contract, like expected production versus actual production. So, you know, with Starlin Castro, he broke his wrist, and uh, and we lost a lot of uh, games from him. But you know, he he's putting out more than what we expected this year. So hopefully, he can keep it up. And he, he's he's been steady, and which is something the stats not lineup really needs. If we could throw a power bat in there, it would be nice to have a power bat with some steady bats. But you know, alas, here we are. We're all crying for that power bat. We'll see what happens. Okay, speaking of power bats. Yeah. Soto. Man. Not exactly looking like I thought like that was going to be a Where manscaped. Where are we on our... I thought that was going to be a transition oh. to manscaped. I was like, oh, uh-huh. my God. That would have worked. <laughs> wow. Um, uh, no, but damn, I wish I thought of it. <laughs> just, 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 just use it again. No, 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 no. That's okay. okay. I'll, I'll cut it. I'll cut it. Um, it's like, yeah, we'll just cut all this out. It's fine. Man. He's he's like <laughs> he hasn't been good since he returned from the IL, and I know no one wants to say it because no one is ever going to say anything negative about Juan Soto. He's not himself right now. Um, since returning from the IL, he's hitting two sixteen with a six sixty seven OPS. That's not good. Um, his slugging all around though is rather low. His on base percentage is four hundred because no one's pitching them. Like, absolutely no one is pitching to him. Anytime there's an open base, they're unintentionally, intentionally walking him. Um, he has only two doubles and three homers and 103 plate appearances. Um, I believe that number is now 106 plate appearances. This was ran at 12 o'clock before today's game. And the two biggest concerns, his launch angle is 2.9%. His launch angle in 2019 was 12.5%. He's hitting the ball straight into the ground. Mm. He's rolling over a lot. He is rolling over a lot of ground balls. He's hitting the ball hard. His hard hit rate is nearly 50%. The problem is when Juan Soto is on, everything is a line drive to left center field. It's just doubles to left center or long home runs. Right now, everything he is doing is rolling over and hitting a ground ball to second base. He hit a 109-mile-per-hour ground ball today. It was a double play. It doesn't matter how hard you're hitting it. If it's not getting results now, he's just, you know, a week removed from coming back from a long IL stint. It's going to get worked out, but it's kind of like, come on, man. Cause everyone was like, Oh, you know, the offense is slugging around, it's, you know, slumping right now, but Juan Soto comes back and it's kind of a slumber, uh, a somber reminder. He's still a 21 year old. Relax. He's coming back from injury he's not going to jump in and be that savior right away. Everyone expects him to, and he rarely needs to get going. Now I'm not really concerned about it right now. If you give it another week and he's still not hitting, all right, you know, different conversation, 
but still fresh out the injury. But man, it's been a, it's been a little rough return. Yeah, I mean, just like we talked about with Brad Hand and everyone, everyone's susceptible for you know periods where they're not themselves, whether it's really bad or just below what you would expect. Soto's still a good ball player. He's still, you know, one of the best hitters in the league. It's just he's not himself right now with an IL stint and who knows what other stuff might be impacting him, whether, it, you know, it was COVID or, or whatever. You know, he, he he's going through something right now, but it doesn't mean he, he's – there's no reason to panic is what I'm trying to say. Um, you know, I think pitchers probably have a better game plan for him. Last year was kind of difficult to prepare because it was such a rush to get it going once, you know, we got the 60-game season and all that stuff. So it was kind of just like, all right, let's get through these 60 games. But now you have more of a normal offseason to prepare and more of a game plan and you have a long season. So you get more uh, more looks, more tape, and, and all that stuff. I think they have a better game plan for him. But also, not to beat a dead horse, but we talk about it all the time, with no one real, no real threat hitting behind him, he's just going to get walked a lot and he's not going to get a lot of pitches to hit. He's been walking an insane amount with runners on and, you know, it's a lot of weak contact. He's driving a lot of balls into the ground. Like Ryan said, it's, you know, the, the protection is a real thing. You know, not many people can sustain elite production without protection in the lineup. It's, it's a real thing. And the fact that the Nats don't really have that answer for, you know, Juan Soto stinks, but you see Trey Turner, yeah. you know, sustaining elite production because Juan Soto is behind him, but no one's behind Juan Soto. So that that's why you see that drop off. The Nats desperately, desperately, desperately still need someone to hit behind Juan Soto. It's not going to be Kyle Schwarber. It's not going to be Josh Bell. I know it's only been just over a month, but it's not going to be either one of those guys. You need a legitimate protection guy behind him. It is what it is. You raised some good points. Um, and I want everyone listens to know that I will be diving into this. I'm going to go on a deep dive into his stats. I'm going to figure out what's going on. I will solve it. I figured Detective out back on the case. I mean, I figured out Patrick Corbin's in 30 seconds. Actually, I just watched him. I knew what the issue was. I don't know why I took the Nats as long as it did. That's rather concerning. Um, I'm going to figure it out. So yeah, I'm going to put a really advanced stat thing up again and not explain what it is and everyone's gonna be like what the hell does this mean while looking at it but i'm gonna know what it means so just give you guys a heads up so we have that to look forward to player a and player b they're both want soda and people that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's yep mind blown stuff right there yeah I, I think there's a combination of things going on with one soto i don't have great concern he said he's just a week or so out from the il stint he's you know getting running back into form which is fine but as you just talked about Nick, as we've all talked about many, many times, he doesn't have anybody hitting behind him. He's not getting quality pitches to hit. And, you know, the combination of the lack of protection and coming off the IL and, and maybe even the dead in baseballs, you know, which we just talked about is changing things a little bit from last year for guys who generally hit it far and it's not going as far as it, as it normally would. Um, anyway, I think he's going to be fine. I don't have great concern. He'll get back to himself. He always does. And he remains one of the best hitters in baseball. He's not right now. No, but no. he will be. He is. Um, he's just not hitting like himself. <laughs> he is. He's just not. I'm looking 
But I'm, speaking of dead in baseball, now it's the segue into the ad read. Well, Ryan, dead had, in balls, Ryan, Ryan had something to say. And, and dead in balls is not the segue you want to use. In you're going to get them. So. You're going to revive them with Manscaped's fabulous products. It's a perfect. Okay, segue. that was pretty good. I see where you're going. But Ryan, go ahead. Um, I'm looking for the <laughs> stat, but I saw it today and it was like Juan Soto has been walked 40% of the time when he's come up with runners in scoring position. Oh. And that is by far the highest in the league. And that is the most concerning thing I've ever heard in my life. But Amanda, that was a fantastic segue. Nick, talk about balls. Balls. <laughs> All right. Heaters, you know, I mean, we did a terrible job segueing it. Let's be real. But Heaters, you know what time it is. We're going to talk about Manscaped and all their great products they have going on. As Amanda said, there's the ball, uh, well, I guess it's the Crop Reviver, which is their ball toner with active pH controls and keeps everything at a nice temperature down there. Um, it's for any and any time pick-me-up, just a little spritz in your goods once or twice, and dead and balls turned into juiced balls. See what I did there? And they have the lawnmower. <laughs> That's well done. Thank you. They have the lawnmower 4.0. As we talk about, I've used mine now, a little t- TMI, but I, I have. It's it's awesome, and it's you know it's game changing. It's nice to see a company take what they have that's already great and make it better. Manscaped has you know done that with the lawnmower 4.0. I highly recommend it to anyone still on the fence or maybe previously on the fence about buying it. It is absolutely worth the money. It's a game changer with all the improvements they made, plus the great you know features it had previously. There's no reason not to do it. So go to manscaped.com, use our promo code HSHH20 for 20% off and free shipping on anything on their site, anything whatsoever, whether it's the lawnmower 4.0, the crop preserver, crop reviver, or anything else they have. Our promo code works. You get 20% off and free shipping. So there's literally no reason not to do it. Treat yourself to a little Memorial Day gift just because. Go to Manscaped, use our promo code today. Absolutely. Make sure you do it if you haven't already. And if you have already, you know, do it again. All right, let's talk Cubs. Yes. Into the friendly confines for our next series. What are your thoughts? What are you expecting? Um, we have a pretty good series on hand. It is going to be a four-game set in Wrigley. Um, I think they're all the first three at 740. The Cubs are a lot like the Nats. You don't know which team's showing up. They're very, very inconsistent this year. Um, looking at them offensively, they're 16th in WRC plus. They're 16th in on-base percentage. They're 16th in home runs. I think they're 17th in RBIs. Their offense is middle of the way. Um, their bullpen is their strength. They have the seventh best ERA, and they also have a pretty good whip. Um, they're by far and away their biggest weakness right now is their starting rotation. Their starting rotation has a combined ERA well over five. They have the second worst team ERA of all starting rotations in baseball, only ahead of the Angels, who everyone knows has a fantastic rotation. So that's what the Nats need to take advantage of. Looking at the pitching matchups, John Lester is going to make an emotional return to Chicago. Um, he's going up against Adbert. Alzale, and then Patrick Corbin versus Zach Davies, Max Scherzer, and Jake Arrieta with another fantastic start in 2016. And then Joe Ross and Trevor Williams closed it out on Thursday. Again, 
this is another must-win series. Like I said, the Cubs are very, very inconsistent. Zach Davies gives up about 100 runs in the first inning every single start. The starting rotation is not good for the Cubs. Their defense is very overrated. You don't know what Cubs team is going to come out. They're 6-4 and four in their last 10. They're either going to score 17 runs or they're either going to score zero. They are quite literally the Nats in another division. So this is a rather even series when you look at it on paper. Um, the Nats should have the upper hand when it comes to starting pitching rota- um, matchups. That hopefully is going to be the difference. If that is the difference, the Nats should win this series. Um, should take three or four, but knowing it's the Nats and just Nats things happen to this team, um, I could see a split. They can't do anything worse than a split. They have to take advantage of the fact, I'm saying this again, that the rest of the division is a dumpster fire. The Mets have a AAA team out there. The Braves are the Braves. The Phillies are also a mess. Take advantage of it. You have an inconsistent club facing you for four games. Make sure they're still inconsistent. Yeah, I mean, especially with Strasburg probably coming back, you know, after this week. Like, let's, you know, make the most of this week while, you know, we're still, you know, we just came off a series win this weekend and, you know, try to keep it going and see if you can't build some momentum when you're pretty much back at full strength for the most part. Because Strasburg's really the last guy in the IL, right? I'm not forgetting anyone. Um, that, is, that is correct. Is Avalon like, still on the IL? Oh, well, yeah. I mean, that's not, no disrespect, but that, that's, notable. Not, that's not a huge, right. you know, missing piece like like Strasburg level or Soto level. Um, so once Strasburg comes back, we're finally at, you know, full health, which I don't think anyone else in the NLEs can really say uh, at, at this current point in time. So, you know, let's see if we can't build it. God, we use that phrase so much, build a cushion, like try to, you know, make these games count. So that way, if shit hits the fan later in in the year, you have, you know, that little room to work with and you're not in such a deficit that it's tough to overcome. Yeah. Even just building up, forget about a cushion, building up some parity with the other dudes, like just get, get out of fifth place, get to where you're, at least, you know, even in with the rest of this terrible division right now, and you're not you're not falling behind, so that you know maybe if you get into a little bit of an easier part of the schedule, you could cruise a bit. But I do feel like things maybe are are looking up a little bit for the Nats. A little, you know, Schwarber's starting to hit a little bit. Bell's starting to hit a little bit. Robles just came off a good series, so of course Bell started to hit a little bit. So Davey sat him today, but that's another conversation. Because yep. Davey can't manage. Well, that's another conversation entirely, but a um, couple of interesting things to watch for this weekend. Um, this will be the first time back at Wrigley for Schwarber and Lester since they left, so there'll probably be a pretty nice hero's welcome for those guys. Um, and also, something cool I wanted to sit, to talk about if people hadn't seen it in the news is that the um, the Cubs are giving vaccines during the Nat series and giving away free hot dogs to anybody. And they're calling them shot dogs. And I thought that was hysterical. So i um, share that with everyone. Lester already said it's going to be a very emotional week for him. So that's probably going to be really weird. Hopefully it's one of those emotional outings where he goes out and has the start of his life, strikes out like 33 people. Let's hope it's one of those. And 33. That, that would hey, be impressive. Hey, look, let's hope it's not one of those ones where he's just caught up in the emotions and 
concentration isn't there. It'll be interesting for him and Schwarber to see how they react. The vaccine, that's absolutely awesome. I saw this really cool TikTok of someone at the Braves game, and they're like, I'm going to go get my vaccine. And then, like, walked over to the thing. Very awesome teams are doing that. And, yeah, I'm I'm excited. It's always fun playing the Cubs just because, like, I like seeing Wrigley on TV. So let's go beat the damn Cubs. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. I think we are down to our last segment for this episode, which is our one big thing. What do you guys got? I got, I got a good one. Go for it. So we talked about how we talked about how the NL East was supposed to be the best division in baseball. Mm-hmm. Um, every division in wah, baseball wah. has at least one team with 22 wins. Some divisions have multiple. The AL East has four. NL East doesn't have a single one. At least doesn't have a single team that's won 22 games. And everyone's like, oh, man, all these teams are trying to win in this division. You wouldn't be able to tell. All these teams are playing absolutely terrible. And that's just what makes baseball baseball. Like, that's why you don't play it on paper. There's so many things you can't predict. Everyone thought, you know, the Braves and the Mets are going to be absolute bullies. And then maybe the Nats will compete. Maybe the Phillies will compete. Well, all of them are competing right now because all the teams suck. And but that's just what makes baseball baseball. You can't predict it. Yeah, that's a good point. And uh, it also is another argument. For, obviously, it's very early in the season yet. But you know, if this team doesn't wind up, or this division doesn't wind up producing a lot of good teams, then the, the wild card, the wild cards aren't going to be coming out of the NL East. So you better win the damn division. Right. Um, I don't really have anything. You know. It's- Pretty straightforward. Uh, I, just, right. I thought. Fair enough. I got yeah. nothing. Yeah, basically, I, I, I got nothing. It's, none of it's uh, one big thing worthy. Fair enough. All right, I've got one. Um, I listen to Sirius XM in my car a lot because I drive a lot for my job. And there's this new thing that I have been hearing commercials for. I don't know how long it's been around, but I just noticed the commercials called Black Diamonds, which is a new podcast uh, by the a guy who runs the, his name's Bob Kendrick. He is the museum president of the Negro Leagues Baseball Museum. And he's doing a new podcast called Black Diamonds, where he highlights players who never got their due, even though they were the best playing during their time. It's super awesome. So if you haven't checked it out, make sure to look it up. It is a really, really neat thing. If you have Sirius, you can just listen to it, I think, on demand in your car. Or, you know, they have the way you can take it with you now. You don't have to listen to it just in your car. But make sure you check it out, because if you're into baseball, you like baseball history, it's a really, really cool thing. That's my one big thing. We got anything else before we get out of here? Uh, nope, I'm good. Oh, I, I definitely uh, I outpunned Monty over the weekend. It wasn't even close. So I just had to go out there and uh, flex my dominance because he's been getting cute with it and people are like, oh, Monty, where are the puns? He needs to know that while he, he may, you know, think he, he, he's the great guy at, at puns, it, it's quality, not quantity. So I'm still king in that regard. I see. Well, I'm sure when he listens to this episode on Tuesday, we'll be hearing about this from him on Twitter. And I would also like to point out how much I love how every time I end the show and say, do we have anything else? Nick always says no and then says something else. I can't let people know your next move. (laughs) Do you have anything else before we get out of here, Ryan? Um, No, but I just just (laughs) want to say, Monty, you're a great man, except for the puns. 
That's your biggest weakness, Monty. No, it's your biggest strength. Don't listen to him. <laughs> Don't you listen to him. Did you hear Bob's fantastic pun on the broadcast where he described the Nets fans as yeah. very Natalie attired? I thought it was fantastic. Okay. I That's also, a terrible pun, by the way. It's not I terrible. I mean, yes, but terrible man. puns are the best kind of pun. No, that's not even a, t- a terribly good pun. That's just a... It is, too. Yeah. I don't, I, I, don't listen, I don't listen to Bob. I listen to Justin Maxwell. I like Justin Maxwell. Yeah. Turn the mic up, but besides that, you're great. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like they need a little more color in the color commentary, but he's only just started, so we'll see how it turns out. Practice makes perfect, as they say. All right. I think we are all set here. Thank you to everyone for listening. We appreciate all of you. Please make sure you subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts so you are notified whenever we drop a new episode. Uh, Have a great week, and I will chat with you guys next time. Oh, I should tell you all to go find us at halfstreethighheat.com, which I always do. You should know that by now. Later. There's a new breeze blowing off the banks of the Potomac A new team's mowing down the ranks of their opponents The Nationals are smashing balls so that the commentator Who has the calls has passed the wall to see you later Let's go Nats We've got a game to play We're gonna win today Let's go By the early light of dawn, well you can see they're running scared Cause the kinds of bombs we're launching are bursting in the air Tell the Library of Congress that they might not want to look Cause we're putting curly W's in every book Let's go Nats We've got a game to play, we're gonna win today Let's go Like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.